Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. So the Patriots losing the Super Bowl. That's it. They're done, right? They're kaput. They gave the Eagles gave up 600 yards, and they're being the celebrators of the toast of the town. There, they won the game, fine. But the better story is in the Patriots locker room, and the fact that the Patriots played the Super Bowl without Brandon Cooks, the, the better part of the game, because he got knocked out with a concussion. And then Malcolm Butler, who didn't play anything but special teams, the former Super Bowl hero benched by Bill Belichick in what has been described as the perfect storm, the perfect storm of issues that affected his performance or the lack of performance by Bill Belichick putting him out there. So I wanted to get into this here and have some conversation because that that's the story, right? Malcolm Butler's benching is the lingering cloud over Super Bowl 52. He played 98% of the Pats' defensive snaps. If I hear that one more time, my head's going to explode. 
Uh, but he was demoted to special teams duty. Now, Bill Belichick, very stubbornly, right after the game, and then again on Monday, he backed up that it was for football reasons. Now, every man, woman, and child with half a sense of intelligence ain't buying it. I don't think you are. I'm not. Uh, Matt Patricia, the new coach of the Detroit Lions, he wouldn't spill the beans either. So there was this mad scramble to try to find out what really happened. And we have, we think, the answer to the Super Bowl mystery of Malcolm Butler's disappearing act, demotion to second second string status. Not even second string. He was a special teams player. He was a bit player. Now, if you've not been paying attention, maybe you're out of the loop for whatever reason. Uh, you worked the third shift. You've been listening. Whatever it might be. Uh, the story which is going around, there's a couple of different versions of the story. The main meat and potatoes of the Malcolm Butler who done it is that Butler missed curfew. He got caught with weed. He then came back to the hotel late. Uh, missing curfew would be part of the showing up late situation. And then he got into it with some of the Patriot coaching staff uh, and all of that added up. Now, there's another layer to this uh, that claims that Malcolm Butler was hung over, that, uh, that that he showed up late to Minnesota, that there was some alcohol abuse involved in this as well. Now, the main bombshell came from a pro football focus writer uh, who no one's ever heard of, uh, but he has, his name is out there a little bit now, and on the surface – that seemed like it was not enough. If I had said some guy we've never heard of just happened to drop this bombshell about Malcolm Butler, you'd say, well, there's nothing to that. You know, you're just, you're just pulling stuff out of the sky here. Who cares? But the fact that a former New England Patriot, Brandon Browner, backed up the credibility of that particular report, at least the weed portion of the story, that gave this some legs. And then... But wait, there's more. The state-run NFL media, they backed up the story to some degree. Ian Rappaport of state-run NFL media, he gave credence to the initial story, claiming that Malcolm Butler, the reason he was benched was because of sickness, a rough week of practice, a minor rules violation uh, related to curfew, which seemingly backs up what the initial story was from the pro football focus writer, uh, and there were some other reports talking about how complicated this was. But it doesn't seem that complicated. To me, it doesn't. This is not. This is not open heart surgery. It's not that complicated. So, but here's the deal: for the purposes of this Maller monologue, we have to assume this to be true. We have to assume that Malcolm Butler missed curfew. He got caught with some weed, and he came back to the hotel late. He got into it. He started yelling and screaming and shouting with Patriot coaching personnel. Uh, we'll throw in the fact he showed up late to Minnesota. I don't know if that's true, but we'll, for the purposes of this, we'll believe it. We'll even throw in the fact that he was hungover. The question, if all of that is true, and again, for the, for the purposes of this little exercise, we're assuming it's true. The question, did Malcolm Butler deserve to be suspended from playing in the secondary during the Super Bowl? Now, after thorough weighing of this information, I am going with yes. I am going to go yes on this. Now, my thoughts on this, you've got accountability, you've got credibility, and you also have 
a whole lot of doom mixed in here. And I'll, we'll get to that here in a moment. But, but we'll begin with, number one, Bill Belichick. I'll tie everything together. Bill Belichick has built up enough equity with the Patriots that I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here. If you're going to have rules, and maybe there should be no rules. Maybe in this new modern NFL there should be no rules. Patriots have rules. If you're going to have rules, and if you're going to do that, you then have to enforce them. Selective enforcement is no enforcement, but that is typically how it works. If a same scenario had played out, you can pick your random NFL team. You can say, well, this happened to Pittsburgh. If Antonio Brown had this happen, would Mike Tomlin have benched Antonio Brown? Probably not. Would Pete Carroll have done this in Seattle? Probably not. But it doesn't matter. Malcolm Butler, for now, not for long, but he plays for the New England Patriots. And clearly, Butler was in the doghouse with Bill Belichick. And there had to be some other stuff that happened during the year. I am assuming the position that this was not the first time that Belichick and Malcolm Butler had butted heads here. But the combo of missing curfew, having the weed, and then having the meltdown on the coaches turned out to be the trifecta of doom here. And number two... If you want to get in the mind of Bill Belichick, because why not? What the hell else are you going to do at this time of the night? But if you're going to get in the mind of Bill Belichick, Belichick either thought so little of the Eagles' ability to move the ball with Nick Foles or had enough confidence in the hodgepodge of backups that were going to share duty in place of Malcolm Butler that he felt like he could get away with it. I mean, not just benching him for the first quarter or a half. This was the full Monty. Now, it, we know the end game. We know the result. It clearly backfired. The Patriots, their secondary could not do anything, on, especially on third down when Nick Foles and fourth down were able to consistently convert in those situations. So it backfired. Uh, but if you're going to have the rules and say, well, Belichick's built up enough equity, he can enforce the rules and accountability matters, then fine. I mean, most coaches, again, would not have had the machismo to do that. The results, he's without Malcolm Butler, the Patriots used a combo of mostly Eric Rowe, uh, some guy named Johnson Batamosi, I think that's how you say it, I don't even know who that is, and Jordan Richards. Who? I don't know who they, I mean, those guys. Never heard of who they are. Uh, and those guys against the Eagles on third down, Nick Foles against those three, the three Stooges, uh, seven attempts on third down, six of seven in the Super Bowl for 137 yards on, th- on third down against the guys that were filling in for Malcolm Butler. Now, you can certainly make a compelling argument that if Malcolm Butler had played and only defended, let's say, two of those six third down conversions, that those two would have resulted in punts, and then that would have resulted in the Patriots' offense getting back on the field against an Eagles defense that allowed 600 yards, and we're connecting dots here, but if you're going to play the assumption game, you could make the assumption that the Patriots win the game if Butler only makes two defensive stops on third down, where the rest of the Patriots guys that filled in for him allowed six of seven. If it's four of seven, which is still a good percentage, Four of seven is a really good percentage for Nick Foles on third down. And if you get two more stops, you get the football back twice. You get Brady with the football. You matriculate the ball down the field. You at least get a field goal, or if not a touchdown on those drives. 
and the results are different. You know, ifs, buts, and whats. Uh, the final thing on this, finally, Belichick, the, I want to nip this in the buddy. The, the idea that's on the internet, well, Belichick, you know, it, it, it's, it's Malcolm Butler, it's his fault, it's Belichick's fault for suspending Malcolm Butler. Uh, again, I go back to the fact that accountability matters and credibility also when you're going to have rules and stuff. And Butler missed the Super Bowl because he didn't follow team rules. And, uh, you know, the, the oddest part of all of this is the fact that why was Butler even in uniform? Like, that's the part I don't understand. Like, if you're going to, if you're going to bench him, why not just bench him? Send him up to the, the press box, keep him up at the hotel, whatever. I don't get that. I mean, and, and you know the, the parade of idiots that have chimed in on this. Did Malcolm Butler get suspended because he smoked weed? No, he got sus- he got himself suspended because of what appears to be a series of rules violations, right? And if, if these reports are accurate, uh, and since the Patriots never seem to put anything on the record, and why would they uh, on this stuff? We are left to. Figure it out on our own, which I don't mind. It's better that way. We can spitball what we think actually happened, right? Now, the other question here is would Bill Belichick have suspended Tom Brady if he had shown up late, if he had had weed, if he had been hung over? Uh, no, uh, he would not have. Uh, if Gronk had done the same thing, would Gronk have been suspended from the Super Bowl? Uh, no. Uh, but I am convinced that Belichick thought so little of the the Eagles uh, with Nick Foles that he could get away with it. Now, the fact that he didn't change his mind during the game at halftime when things were clearly not going right for the Patriots defensively in the secondary, that's the, the real mind-blowing part of this, that he had the option. Like, if Butler had been suspended in street clothes up in the press box or had been back at the hotel – you couldn't have reversed the decision, but Belichick still had the opportunity to change his mind. He didn't do it, and his argument, I would assume, is going to be the fact that the Patriots had the lead midway through the fourth quarter without Malcolm Butler playing a down. So therefore, it's not on Malcolm. You know, his decision to bench Malcolm Butler. That's not why they lost the game. They lost the game because of they didn't they didn't make enough plays. The players that filled in, but he's not going to blame it on that. All right, it is the Ben Maller Show on Fox. If you would like to be part, the number 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. And we're also on Twitter, at Ben Maller. That's at Ben Maller. And our Facebook page, Ben Maller Show. It's Ben Maller Show. we got Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie. Garcia. Right, uh, right over there, hanging out. Uh, good news, Eddie. It's yeah. now day five, and the uh, main printer here that we use <laughs> to prepare for the show not working. Uh, but they did tell me, Eddie, they have a, a note on the printer that we can go to the main corporate office on the third, fourth, or fifth floor. Oh, that's convenient. And we can we can print anything we want on the third. I don't even know how to get to the third, fourth, or fifth floor at this point. It's been so long since I've been there. Well, so. you need a couple of swipes of the badge. You have to have one now to go up the elevator. You can't yeah. even just push the button. You have to swipe well, the badge. Extra secure. Uh, and then you need another swipe of the badge to get into the uh, the, the floor. 
Yeah. And uh, now you got to figure out where the, the printer is. But then you have to log into I don't, into know, the, I don't know where that but is. But then you would have to log into the computer, and there's a different login up there than there is down here, so you need to log in. I don't have the login. Oh, that is true. To log in. That is true. So that yeah. becomes problematic. Yeah, you're and screwed. Then you're screwed. E- even if you were to get the login, there's probably four or five printers on each floor up there. So then you would have to go on a goose chase to find the right printer. If you sent it to a printer, you'd have to find the right printer. It's very problematic is what mm-hmm. it is. So anyway, You're that's, where, that's where I stand. That's where I stand on all of this. But, uh, but I'm excited to be here. Boy, is this great, Eddie. Here we are. Yes. <laughs> so happy. What is the... Uh, what? You know, I, don't, I don't have a long-term memory. I'll be honest with you. All right. So it's another year. The NFL season's over. How, uh, much, how much of the NFL can we squeeze out before we got to move on to other things? We've got a, a good question. we got a parade coming up, so you can talk yeah. a little bit about that. And, yeah. you know. Well, now we shift. I'll tell you how the calendar works here from years past here. Now we shift. There's two big events coming up on the NFL calendar. Draft. Uh, we have... Free agency in the NFL, which we can squeeze out a lot of rumor and idle speculation about NFL. The big, ne- the next big events, the scouting combine, the meat market, the Ugh. cattle call of the NFL offseason. We're 21 days away from that, so we have three weeks. We've got to Ugh. find a way to feed enough NFL content in the next three weeks prior to the combine. So we have three more weeks to the scouting combine, and then we've got a week after that franchise tag. So then we can do franchise tag radio, which is wonderful. I I can't wait for my Maller monologues about franchise tag designations. That'll be compelling, stimulating radio, Eddie. People love that. They can't get enough of it. Then about 38 days from today, in fact, exactly 38 days from today, that's the first day of NFL free agency. Big day. Mm -hmm. Big day. Oh, my God, the drama. So that'll carry us 38 days in. And then after that, NFL, uh, the new NFL coaches, they get like a week later, they get their first practice. Like the, you know, the John Gruden gets his first Raider practice 54 days from day. So we have that to look forward to. Brother. But uh, wait. Danny, Danny G is really looking forward to that. Yeah. I mean, it's always big, the first offseason practice. And, and then after that, about 70 days from today, that's when the old coaches get to come back, like the, the returning coaches, and they begin off-season workouts. So wow. that'll be a big content That's just day. around the corner. Yeah. And then we're about 80 days away from the NFL draft. Man, big, big content for the show. Right? Absolutely. But wait, there's more. There's no, no. More? Because then there after, can't possibly because be more. after the draft, you've got the rookie minicamp. Oh, right? rookie the ro- minicamp. First shot yeah. of the rookies working out in their new uniform. That's exciting. Well. We, I'm don't t- really, we got. We don't, you can't see that. We, we got year-round NFL content for you. Year-round. Not the number one station anymore, is it? Oh, no one will be listening by the time we get to this. And then the new NFL season will begin in in September. Now so we have that. And a, training camp starts in July. Serious question for you: What will the printer be fixed by the start of the next season? No, absolutely not. Well, the only way it'll be fixed is if my my colleague, my fellow talk show host Steve Harvey, comes in here and raises holy hell. He doesn't show up very often. He doesn't so. have here very much. No. no. And apparently he doesn't use the printer, because uh, if he did, it would already be fixed. So, yeah, it, I judge all this by Steve Harvey's work schedule showing up to the studio across the hall. When, and he didn't come here much, because you know, he's living in L.A., and he does his show at 3 in the morning L.A. time. But if he does show up, then the printer will be fixed. So that's where we stand. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. In the post-mortem from the Eagles' upset of the Patriots, everything is on the table, right? We have the micro-analyzing of the behavior of Malcolm Butler 
that led to his demotion, not suspension, but demotion from the starting lineup for the Patriots, and then eventually the Eagles win the championship. And as things get dissected and analyzed, Philadelphia's decision on several occasions to go for it, to go for it on fourth down, to do the bizarre, the unorthodox has come up. Now, the Eagles went from a a five-and-a-half-point underdog at the beginning of Super Bowl wagering. They ended up between four-and-a-half and and four points. It was pretty much at four-and-a-half in most places. And then they eventually won the game by eight points. Doug Peterson, in particular, is the toast of the town. He is the guy that's being celebrated because he got the best of Bill Belichick. And it's one of the unexpected things. If you were to put a list of unexpected things, it's pretty high up that Doug Peterson would outcoach Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. Now, since I don't think much of anything of Nick Foles, and I am not a prisoner of the moment like many of these delusional talk show hosts and these bleeding heart bloggers, I'm not. I'm not going to fall into that rat trap. Other people can. I won't do it. Uh, Doug Peterson is worthy of some conversation here. And the fact that his play calling before halftime and then in the fourth quarter in particular, going for it on the, a fourth down play where Zach Ertz just got enough, just got enough to get the first down and keep a drive going. with it. I believe the ball was at the 45-yard line uh, of the Eagles on their side of the field. Uh, those particular plays. But the, the one early in the game, up by three points, there was a fourth down late in the first half. Doug Peterson called it. Uh, he went to a high school play. You remember that? The uh, the ball was snapped to Corey Clement, who then flipped the ball to Trey Burton, who tossed it back to Nick Foles, who had run out as a receiver, and he caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl. It was much of the conversation, much of the conversation after the game, right, the reaction of that particular play and how the Patriots defense was caught napping. Foles made the catch. The Patriots had run a, twi- a trick play. It didn't work. Tom Brady didn't catch the pass on that particular play, although he would have been wide open, would have run possibly all the way for a touchdown on that particular play. But anyway, so let's focus in on the Eagles, right? Now, if you've been paying attention here to the conversation and what is being said about the Eagle coaching decision. Uh, you might have missed this, but Doug Peterson is being celebrated as an innovator, a risk taker, uh, someone that is not part of the old school football world, not your traditional football mindset, that he's going to think outside of the realm of normalcy in the NFL, and that this is a wonderful thing. Uh, and in short, that because Doug Peterson coached aggressive football, that that is why Philadelphia won. And he even said as much. He said in the the fallout after the game on Sunday, Peterson said that coaching aggressively is the way to win the Super Bowl. Coaching conservatively is the way to go 8-8. So I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to get into that because here's the question, all right? Will Doug Peterson's unorthodox play calling lead – to a bunch of copycats around the NFL. Will we see more coaches in 2018 become aggressive on fourth down and open up the bag of tricks? No, I'm going to go first on this, and my response is no. 
Uh, no, 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 no. I, I know we hear all the time, copycat league, whatever just works, people are going to rip it off. They're going to steal it and make their own. I'm not buying it here. All right? My perspective on this is a unique situation. You've got house money, scary math, and buy the book. And I'll link all these things together. But we'll start with the fact Doug Peterson was playing with house money in the Super Bowl. You had a backup quarterback going against Tom Brady. Desperate situation. You're willing to pull out more of the stops in that in that situation. You can call all of the bizarre, wacky plays that you want. You can go for it on fourth down because you're not supposed to win the game, right? You're not supposed to win the game. And if you lose the game, it's like, well, yeah, but you weren't supposed to win anyway. Yeah, you were the underdog. You're supposed to play with an edge when you're the underdog. This is a situation where Peterson had essentially carte blanche. He had a blank check to dig really deep into the the bag of gimmicks. If the tables had been turned in this game and the Eagles were the favorite and they had the more experienced quarterback and they had the better team across the board, if that had been the case, then you would not have seen Doug Peterson coach that way. I don't buy it. Uh, I don't care how many people say, oh, yeah, that's just the way he is. I don't buy it. I don't think that's that's what he would have done. Uh, in this situation, you can call the Statue of Liberty play. You can call for a fumble ruski or any other trick play that you love. Uh, it's all fair game. It's all fair game in, in that situation because it's unique. The fact that the, the Eagles were playing with their backup quarterback in the Super Bowl in that situation. And B, as for the idea that you're going to see more aggressive coaching in the NFL because of this game, because of the the first Super Bowl win in Eagles franchise history, that other teams are going to see this and coaches are going to say, well, we got to be more like Doug Peterson. I don't buy it. The math does not work out. If you look at the Eagles, they're the exception to the rule. You don't change things because of the exception to the rule. Uh, again, this is a unique deal, what happened for Philadelphia. In going back, it's not my opinion, it's a fact. You go back and look at the evidence during the 2017 regular season, of the top 10 most aggressive teams on fourth down, top 10, how many of those teams made the playoffs? Top 10 most aggressive teams on fourth down. You got a number in your head? You got a guess? Good. You're wrong. The answer is one. The Philadelphia Eagles were the only team in the top 10 in the NFL going forward on fourth down that even qualified for the playoffs. The other teams... They're getting ready for the NFL draft. They were get, they've been getting ready for weeks and weeks and weeks for the NFL draft. The Eagles were second in the NFL on fourth down. They converted at 65%, which is a very good number. Very, very good number. The other nine teams in the top ten, Green Bay was number one. The Raiders, the Dolphins, the Browns, who didn't win a game, Giants, the Broncos, the Cowboys, the Bears, and the 49ers. None of them qualifying for the postseason. So if you were to say, well, the aggressive team, that's how you that's how you avoid going eight and eight, and that's how you win a Super Bowl. Well, based on this, and, and you know, it's ten teams, top ten, it's how you don't even make the playoffs. You got a ninety percent chance of not making the playoffs. That's scary math, is what that is. It's a ten percent success rate. Uh, all right, now the, the parting shot on this. I am willing to bet that the next generation of coaches will be doing the same thing the previous generation did when it comes to fourth down. Now, why is that? 
right? It is the mindset that is ingrained in football people, right? You're not supposed to be the riverboat gambler. You can't be fearless. You have to be calculated. Uh, and it, you can be fearless at times, but you got to pick your spots. You can't you can't do it all the time, right? And it's if you're going to dabble in unnecessary trickeration, the main complaint here is you then put a bullseye on your back. When you run the trick play, if it doesn't work, it's like a hand grenade blowing up in your face as a coach. If you do by-the-book coaching, right, by-the-book coaching, then if it doesn't work out, people still rip you, but there's no bullseye in your back because you did what you were supposed to do. You went by the book. And Philadelphia got away with it. They went off the grid. I explained why they were able to go off the grid. Uh, and, and they can dabble in this, and it worked out for them, which is great. But I look as an example, if you're looking at the next generation of coaches, who better as a poster boy for the next generation of NFL coaches than Sean McVay, the millennial wonder, the coach of the Rams, and I'll use him as my template for the next generation of coaches. The Rams, who made the playoffs, right? They made the playoffs. They won the NFC West and then flamed out against Atlanta in the wild card round. But Sean McVay, Mr. Millennial, he's 32 years old, just had a birthday. He's 31 years old last year. The Rams were 21st, tied for 21st in fourth down attempts. So that's your next generation of coaches. So it's an, it's a unique situation, again, for Doug Peterson. But I am not buying the argument that other coaches are now going to reject uh, this. I would, and, and don't get me wrong. I think it would be more fun, be great as a gas bag on the radio. I'm all for it. Uh, I, I remember when, in, in Pittsburgh in particular, it felt like every time a couple years ago when Mike Tomlin would go for it on fourth down, it felt like they, would go, they were going to convert. Uh, and I don't know, two-point conversions when the Steelers would go for two points, for example. It seemed like they hit 80% of the time when they went for it, and they don't do it all that much. All right, it's the Ben Maller Show on Fox. Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie. Garcia. So, right over there. Hang Just uh, watching the video of Nick Foles get wheeled around uh, Disney World there. Very exciting. On his float. Uh, it looks like the people enjoyed it, I guess. Uh, yeah. It looks really awkward. That Nick Foles why, is there? And, no. That, oh. Why would you want to do that? He's standing on top of this float all by himself, waving at people. He's got uh, Mickey Mouse and- Well, it's a price of admission. And, uh, He's a free trip goofy. to Disney. He has to take his family ah, to Disney World. I'm pretty sure he could afford that. He's a backup quarterback. I'm pretty sure he can afford that. It seems very um if somebody very said cheesy. it doesn't matter. One thing I've learned about wealthy people, not that I'm wealthy, but I've been around a few wealthy people, they still are cheap ultimately, right? Uh, you know, the the baseball players I used to hang out with, they would they would never turn down a free meal. Would you turn down a free trip to Florida to go to Disney World? Of course not. If I had to sit up on top of a float and go waving uh, maybe at he people likes it. for maybe, like maybe he, uh, you know, 15 minutes, I'd be like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm good. Thank you, though. You've never been on a parade? I've been on a parade before. I waved. I played Santa Claus I, I w- and waved at everybody. Well, I'm, no, I, I'm a good I, waver. I did. I was actually in the L.A. Kings victory parade, but I didn't wave at anyone. I no, but I was, I was you know, saying I waved at everyone. Everyone they loved me. It was great. Waving's good. Now, I did have a disguise on. No one knew who I was, so I liked yeah. that. I had the ability to pretend. You know, it's like when you dress up as a mascot. I was a mascot, and I, it was fun. You should you should try that sometime. You should play play a character, Eddie, in a parade. Be good. 
well, if the opportunity arises, I may I'll give it a try just to see what it's like. But uh, yeah, well, life's all about look, this looks, different stories. It would be a good story for you. you I guess. Yeah. I guess. No, not not a guess. It would be. Right? I mean, you went on a little parade. I, you, 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 you still talking about but that. But you would feel weird if you, Ben Maller, was on top of some float with uh, dancing uh, mascots around you waving <laughs> at strangers. Yeah, would, would you not feel weird? Well, I would feel, yeah, it would be very uncomfortable for me. But I'm an introvert. I wouldn't want that. Uh, I don't like that attention. I, mean, I don't I, need I, that. I, get I got it. a radio. I would, why don't people look at me? I'd be on television. Yeah, I, I get it on Thursday, right, when he's going to be in Philadelphia with his fans and those people. Yeah. But just random strangers in Florida who are... You know, there to see uh, Mickey Mouse. Oh, who's this guy? <laughs> what kind of Sodom and Gomorrah is going to take place at that Eagles parade? My God, Marone. Oh, my God. What's going to happen there in Philadelphia? Now, I had saw reports last night, and this could be wrong, that no one was arrested. Oh, we will we will get to that, Eddie. We, it's, on, it's on my list because uh, we will uh, we'll, we'll get to that. I have uh, a very interesting commentary on that because there's some, some interesting things, uh, new, new wrinkles in that particular story. Because the the video evidence is pretty pretty alarming here. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled. All right, here we go. Let's do it. Third degree time. And we bring in the Coop Loop. Now, a thought occurred to me yesterday, Ben, after the Super Bowl. Uh, now, with all the great performances by Nick Foles, Case Keenum, Jared Goff, and even Todd Gurley last season, made me wonder, is, is Jeff Fisher the worst coach in the history of sports? No, he's not the worst coach in the history of sports. Jeff Fisher, you know what Jeff Fisher is? He's the house guest that stayed around too long. Like, at one point, he was thought of as a pretty good NFL coach, right? For, a, Fisher, his career, it's weird, it bookended. He started, he was a lousy coach with the old Houston Oilers, and there was a lot of mediocrity. The Oilers were a lousy franchise, and they were, they were heading out of Houston. They ended up going to Tennessee. They were in Memphis for a little while. Then they went to Nashville, and, and then they became really good. For, like t- for a decade, Jeff Fisher coached a bunch of good football. He had Steve McNair and Eddie George and, and players along those lines, and they won 10 or more games Six years out of out of a decade, and they were thirteen win teams. The Titans had several times in that run, and, and then he stayed around too long, and then he went to the Rams and he sucked there. In, in my lifetime, the worst coaches are names like Rich Kotite, Marty Morningweg, David Shula's on that list, Rod Marinelli, Hugh Jackson. If you go zero and sixteen, you're on my all time crap list. For coaches, uh, so but no, I, I, Fisher had a good run. He just stuck around too long. All right, next. All right, now Ben, there was some controversy arising from Tom Brady's mini reality series thing when Brady asked his 11 year old son for a kiss. Now uh, a quick peck didn't suffice for Brady, so he yeah. demanded a better one. After which there was this just long lip plant. Oh, that uh, you're exaggerating. I'm exaggerating. Yeah, you're exaggerating. I feel like I'm underselling it a little bit. Nah, I don't think you're. All right. Well, I mean, it stirred yeah. some backlash. Many people felt it was un- <laughs> backlash. There was. <laughs> I know. I saw. It. So <laughs> Many, stupid. Many I mean, people who cares? felt it was uh, it was uncomfortable and inappropriate. <laughs> what, what do you think, Ben? Well, I'm not going to get worked up over this. I, I did watch Tom versus Time. I liked that each episode was like 15 or 20 minutes. I liked that. They all all TV shows. We you know we get rid of the commercials. They're all 15 or 20 minutes anyway. I want to kiss you. <laughs> yeah, but number one. 
See, here's the deal. People are trying to make something out of nothing here. And I I don't judge other people's family situations. Apparently, this is how Tom Brady's family rolls. Right, This is how he grew up. Uh, he, he comes from a family of lip kissers. Uh, and, and I don't. I mean, I, I'll just say my my family. You know, we we do things a little differently. Uh, but that's how Brady grew up. That's how he does things in his house. And clearly, his wife Giselle Bunchin, uh, she's also on the smooch train uh, with the kids. She's good with that. So so they're fine. And uh, and so I, I don't think it's. You know, secondly, I don't think it was extra creepy. I mean, we're. It was a blip. I think the time was like a, a second and a half or something like that. They they timed it. Um, so I you know I don't listen. He, he's a father that showed some affection for his kid. Fine. I mean, rather than beat his kid up, he uh, he kissed him, uh, which was a little awkward, but uh, fine. You know, I'm not gonna. Who am I to pry? All right. Uh, next. Yeah. <laughs> Ben, a, a strange position to be in for Carson Wentz. Like you're, you're having an MVP caliber season. You put your team back on the map. Your favorite for the Super Bowl, and then you go down for the year only to watch your team get there and win without you. So be yeah. honest, Ben. Yeah. Would you have been rooting for Nick Foles to lose if you were Carson Wentz? Oh, absolutely. I would have gotten like a voodoo doll. I would have. I would have done. I would have pulled out all the stops. All right. Jackass. And, and uh, I know everyone's saying what what a great role model Carson Wentz is because he you know, he's class and dignity and all that. Oh, shut up. Uh, first of all, it's human nature. Carson Wentz. I know he talked a good game and he played the role of the noble teammate and all that. I don't buy it. He has to have heartburn here, Carson Wentz. This was supposed to be his moment. You always remember your first in virginity and winning a championship, right? You remember your first. And Carson Wentz can go on and win a Super Bowl. I don't think he will. But Nick Foles is the guy associated with this Eagle championship. The memory is forever tied to Nick Foles. And secondly, again, there's no guarantee Carson Wentz is going to be back. He's got a major knee injury a leg injury. The, the Eagles are not a lock to return here. And Carson Wentz could be a playoff flop. Absolutely. It's human nature if you're Carson Wentz to say, this is terrible. I wanted to be the guy. All right, there it is. Mallard of the third degree. How did we do? Ben, you didn't find any problem with Tom Brady tongue-kissing his son, so you tongue. fail. There was, no, there was no tongue. There was a lip kiss. No tongue. Good day, sir. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Now, <laughs> Mallers Mountain of Money. Good Lord, that's a lot of money. Do you have what it takes to get to the top? Probably not. All right, let's do it. Golden ticket on the line, the fast pass to the front of the line on the Ben Mallers Show. And we have our contestants who is going to play... Mallers Mountain of Money. We say hello to Stefan, who is in Quebec, our big expo guy. Hello, Stefan. Dan, how's it going? It's been a while. Yeah, where you been, man? What's going on with you? Your voice changed. You've become an adult now. The whole thing. <laughs> it's an amazing. Well, I've had slightly better sleep patterns, so oh, I don't like that's to hear why I that. I haven't been around for a while. I don't like to hear that. You got to be like me. That. You got to get four hours of sleep a night, like I do. What's wrong with you? Well, oh, or you. what's right with me? I'll try. I'll try to get worse. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, can you come up with some kind of uh, illness that keeps causes you to stay up a little later or something for for the show? Maybe a couple days a week. You know, 
Okay, well, I'll try to go to the ballet and catch something. There you go. Yeah. Well, see, the problem, Ben, is that he got a sleep number, so now he's, oh, he's sleeping. Yeah. Well. Uh, there you go. Well, if that's the case, then we're good to go. You see a sleep number now partnered up with the NFL? Did you see that? I got a press release last week from sleep number. They're in. You know what, Ben? You know what, Ben? I don't have one. Uh, I don't I don't want to call out the coop, but I don't have one, but I would need one for sure. Ah, I got you. Well, especially after you go, when you bring one of the dancers back from the ballet, they uh, they realize if you have a sleep number, boy, they like you even more if you For get sure. the sleep number bed. Yeah. All right, hold sure. on, hold on, Stefan. And who else do we have playing? Let's see here. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Uh, let's say hello to Kevin in San Antonio. Hello, Kevin. Yeah. Good morning, Ben. Hello to you. Everything good? Yeah, everything's great. All right. What are you doing, in San Antonio, Kevin? Uh, I'm a cab driver. Yeah. How, how's business? Yeah, Uber kind of with me, but otherwise, uh, I do all right. Most famous person you've ever had in the cab was blank. Uh, oh, God. Um, you had God in the back of your cab. You had God in the back of your cab. Like, was God a good tipper? Did God tip well? <laughs> no, it was no. Elton Brand. Elton Brand. Was you had Elton Brand. All right. Well, very close to God, Elton Brand. Uh, he's <laughs> God to Clippers fans. He was for a couple of years. He was, absolutely. And he went to Philadelphia and he became the devil. Uh, all right. Well, that's fine. All right. Well, very good. Hold on, Kevin. So we have Kevin and Stefan. Uh, Stefan, who would you like to partner up with, Stefan? Uh, I got to go with you, Ben. All right. That's a good job by you. Uh, we will win this. And I'm going to put down a W as I always do because I'm in it to win it. And, Kevin, who do you want to partner up with, Kevin? Uh, Ed Garcia. All right. Bad job by you. Let's put an L right there. All right. Okay. We're going to have a classic uh, matchup here after we pause for the cause. All right. We will have Mallers Mountain of Money, the Super Bowl commercials edition, I am told. We'll get to that, and we will do it next. You have to multitask to navigate through life, so make sure to like the Ben Maller Show in the cyber world. Join our Facebook radio family. It's the Maller Militia Springboard on the social network. Go to Facebook.com slash Ben Maller Show. You can submit jokes, questions for Ask Ben, and more. Now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it's Ben Maller. All right, let's get to it. Here we go. It's Maller's Mountain of Money, the Super Bowl commercial edition. The teams are... Stefan in Quebec and me, Ben, along with Kevin the cabbie in San Antonio and Eddie. That's right. We got a classic matchup, fellas. 10 to 100 points on the board in each category. Category one, Tide. Category two, Amazon Alexa. Category three, Pringles. Or category four, M&M's. Stefan, you are on the line first. You get to choose first. Uh, first of all, I'd be remiss if I, I didn't say hi to all, the whole crew. Hi, guys. How's it going? I'll go for Tide. Okay, Stefan. What's right, the lowest Tide? number? Just don't eat any of them, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> all right, Kevin, Amazon, Pringles, or M&M's? Got to go with Amazon. 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 All right. all right. Okay, Stefan and Ben are up first. Tide. These sports figures are known for their squeaky clean image. All right, here we go, Stefan. Let's do it. All right, 45 seconds on the clock, Ben. You ready? Yeah. And hang on one second. All right, I will wait. Timer's ready. Go. All right, former Florida quarterback, won the Heisman, played with the Broncos, loves God. John Elway? No, No, younger. uh, Younger, just retired a couple years ago. Played with the the Jets also. 
Well, we're off to a bad start. Uh, uh, Angel, uh, Angels two-time MVP outfielder, current Angels outfielder from Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> All right. Texans defensive star number 99 defensive player got hurt last year for Houston. Some guy pass. All I'm right, sorry. I'm out. Uh, you're done. Uh, oh. Ryan in Nashville. Ryan, pick it up. Uh, let's go with, uh, let's see, uh, 1980s Lakers forward. He's a virgin Jerry Curl. Ryan, is he not there either? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> ah, I didn't even know I was on. Oh. Not ben, wow. when, ben, when Shut we out. Have, when we have bad partners, you just let us sink. Well, I, I'm sorry. If, if you don't you know, if, if, first, I would have got it. Uh, shut up. If you don't know, if, <laughs> if, if Stefan doesn't know Tim Tebow and Mike Trout, Stefan, I take back everything I said about wanting you to listen more. Yeah. I recommend you, you still, sleep. You still I, write that Ste- W next to your name, Stefan. No, I want to erase that. Now, now, Stefan, listen to me. I want you to sleep. I want you to forget about me. Okay. I work overnights. Do not ever call uh, again, Stefan. But download the podcast. Uh, yeah, do that if you want. But never play one of these games again, please. If you don't uh. know who Tim Tebow or Mike Trout or JJ. Jay Wadar, uh, and the fact that you called to play a game show is a crime against humanity. All right, Kevin. <laughs> Amazon Alexa. These sports figures have very distinct voices. All right, 45 okay. seconds on the clock. Eddie, are you ready? Yeah, we need the first and last name now, Kevin. All right, go. Youngest heavyweight champ ever went to prison for rape. Mike Tyson. Uh, long, oh, you've already won the long game. Long-time voice of the Dodgers. Just retired. Pass. Old Raiders head coach was a broadcaster known for video games. Uh, John Madden. Yes. Uh, NBA shot blocker from Africa used to wag his finger at people when he blocked their shot. Dikembe Mutombo. Old school center. White guy was a star at UCLA. Loves to talk now. He's a broadcaster. Never shuts up. Bill Walton. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, he was a guard for the Spurs. He's now the head coach at Alabama for basketball. Oh, Lord. Um, uh, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Avery Johnson. Yeah. Avery Johnson. Yeah, God, that's right. my tongue. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. All right. You can still come back, man. That wasn't, it wasn't a, you know, a Not, knockout yeah, sure. punch. No. Okay. 140 so, points. Hey, Ryan, have you ever heard of Tim Tebow, Mike Trout, or J.J. Watt, Ryan? Absolutely. I've heard of Tim Tebow anyway. I, right. I don't do great All on right. baseball, but... Well, you sent okay. me a nasty no. message here. You said, uh, bull- <laughs> BS that I didn't get picked from Alice Mountain Money, so I guess I'll just Uh-oh. be on hold all night. So uh, you've got a bad attitude, Ryan, but hopefully you do better in the game. Already Uh, turning on you. You've got a huge following in Nashville, Ben. Just saying. I understand. Okay, Ryan, Pringles or M&M's? Let's go M&M's. Yes. (laughs) M&M's. He said he didn't like baseball. Oh, no. These athletes have the Uh, same letter in their initials. All right, 45 <laughs> seconds on the clock for you, Did Mallory. I do something? Am I being punished? <laughs> yes, yes, right. yes, you are. All right. Many things. All right. Go. All right, uh, former Giant all-time home run king steroid guy, Ryan. Yeah, baseball. I <laughs> <laughs> 1990s Chicago Cubs star. He, uh, he was a, he was a, you know, his Come skin on. colors changed a little bit <laughs> since he retired. He looks kind of like Dracula these days. He hangs out in Miami. Uh, all right. Uh, how about this? Former Bill, I absolutely don't know baseball. Former, yeah, you suck. A former Bills running back. He lost his helmet before the Super Bowl in the 90s. 
<laughs> I mean, this oh, is just ridiculous. <laughs> we actually ask people that want to play game shows to call up. A uh, Toronto Raptors star uh, out of USC. Did he get any Did he get any correct, Coop? Is that zero? <laughs> <laughs> and again, and again, no, let me just point out. <laughs> With two different people, he got zero. That is amazing. That's like the record. But think of, think of never happened. Think of Justin Cooper here, who is celebrating his incompetence, right? I mean, he is the producer of a radio show. He lined up two guys. He lined up two guys that don't know. Let me go through the list here. Ben, I want you to erase the W and put a zero next to it. A zero. Koopaloop. Squadoosh. My producer lined up two different people that couldn't tell me who Tim Tebow, Mike Trout, J.J. Watt, Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, I even get to McGuire, Thurman Thomas. We have the dumbest People that play our game no, my shows guy, my guy in the, the world. Eddie, your guy yeah. sucked also. Kevin, you get All a right. golden ticket. No, this is embarrassing. I, this is so oh, I bad. I thought it was great. I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, no, this no. is wonderful. I've got a golden ticket. History. We should this have, has never happened. We should have no History game. of the Ben Maller we Show. We should have no games Two the rest contestants, of the week. zero answered correctly. That, was that is violent. marvelous. We have violated. You are the Cleveland no, no. Browns. We have violated some kind of FCC rule. Koopaloop should lose his producing <laughs> privileges for game so- show selection. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.